0: In the presence of the Lord. Amen. I believe God has some special things in store uh, for us today. And so I'm going to just turn your attention to the word of the Lord from the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy chapter number 9. And I do want to announce that we have uh, several Bibles that are, that have been Uh, misplaced or left behind and if that is the case if you've lost your Bible we want to make sure you get that back so you can let Connect Point know and we have uh, that Bible perhaps perhaps we might have one of your Bibles you might be able to lay claim to one of them as a matter of fact I have one here uh, that we found in the lost and found and it's going to be a blessing to me today Um, so If you don't mind, I don't know who it belongs to, but if you could indulge me, I might just use it today for a little something while I'm preaching. (laughs) Of course, nobody can imagine what I'm going to be preaching about this morning. So this is just, this was just God. This was just God. God just knew. He just knew and he gave, he gave us a word in due season. That's what he did. He gave us a word in due season. From the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 9, the word of the Lord says this, Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day, to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great, And fenced up to heaven heaven. a people great and tall. The children of the Anakims whom thou knowest and of whom thou hast heard say, Who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them. And he shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord hath said unto thee. Hallelujah. And by the help of the Holy Ghost. And by the grace of God. I want to preach about the Patriots versus the Falcons. Amen. Amen. I believe God has a word for somebody this morning. Amen. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. You are the great, mighty King of all kings, Lord of lords. Lord, I thank you today that your presence is in this house. Let your word go forth with clarity, with accuracy, with power, hallelujah, with love. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask for your anointing both upon the preacher and the people as your word goes forth. In Jesus' precious name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Now, let me give a little disclaimer here. Because I'm not what you might like a cool preacher. I don't know, I can't always come up with the fanciest titles and I'm not typically concerned about that. I just want to preach the word. And and so, but it's become kind of a tradition of sorts to talk about uh, what the world is talking about right now, the whole Nation is abuzz with the fact that the New England Patriots are going to be playing the Atlanta Falcons I'll tell you when this started It started back when the Patriots were facing the Giants And uh, I looked into the word of the Lord and was just reading a little bit about how that the children of Israel were looking into the promised land God had guaranteed them the land of promise And I saw that word giant pop out of the scriptures and I thought, I know some other people that are up against some giants right now. And the Lord began to move on me and, and, uh, and gave me a word from the Lord. But it was really problematic because in that sermon, the Patriots were the protagonists. And I don't necessarily like the New England Patriots. You have to understand. Amen. Amen. I just. Amen felt there was a witness in the house I feel better I feel better already you got to understand that a, a, a young lad from Indianapolis who spent years watching the Colts get trampled by the New England Patriots I really had to get a hold of God God do you really want me to to say congratulatory things about the patriots, because here's what it is: the patriot, the word patriot literally means an inhabitant of the father's land. It's where the prefix PAT comes from. It's the same prefix for paternal or patriarch. It has to do with the father. So I'm looking at this and I'm realizing the children of Israel are the patriots in the text. And the giants are the giants of the land of promise that they have to overcome and so it was a no-brainer the patriots must overcome the giants but here's the problem the patriots keep getting to the super bowl so i have to keep preaching positive things about the patriots i think god's trying to take some bitterness out of my heart or something i think he is and i'm I'm, you know, when you when you when you plan on preaching something like this, you you you, you know you you're hoping for the best. You're really kind of dependent on who gets into the Super Bowl. You know, I've been praying for the Saints to get. I could preach that. Now I could preach. I could preach me some Saints up in the Super Bowl. Woo. Lord, I could do a Super Bowl shuffle to the Saints being in the Super Bowl. The icky shuffle right here with the Saints in the Super Bowl. I could just—I could preach the whole playoffs. First they meet the Lions. You could go a bunch of Daniel, Samson, David. Then they meet the Bears. Woo. And then if they get to the AFC, hopefully they don't meet the Patriots. In fact, what if they met the Steelers? That would be good. Because then I could like, I could change one of the E's to an A and it could be like the thief, the stealer. See what I did there? I mean, we could really, and then we could just preach a whole message on trouncing the Steelers. It would just, I think God would move. I think God would move. I think God, I think it would, I think it would please him. I think it would please him. So I'm I'm looking at this and I've got my wishes out there for who will do well, who will survive, and then I'm stuck again with the Patriots. Some years are easier than others. You know, the 49ers and the Ravens, that was a little challenging. But the Patriots versus the Seahawks, the Patriots versus the Falcons, and here we are today with the New England Patriots. And they really are A lot like the children of Israel. In the sense that the children of Israel were patriots. They were inhabitants of the land of the father. The land of their fathers. That's what they were. That's what they were all about. And that's what the New England patriots, that's the spirit behind their name. They were named after some revolutionaries who in the late 1700s, mid to late 1700s, decided that they were going to defend their father's land. And they rose up against the most powerful force in the world at that time, the British Empire, and they fought tooth and nail. Now, nobody gave them a chance because they were not an organized military. They were not a nation. They didn't have a president. They didn't seem to have any advantage in this quest to defeat the British Empire. And uh, so this ragtag, as often uh, described, group of people rose up and said, you're not going to take this land from us. And many of them said, give us liberty or give us death. One said, I regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. And, uh, and they became known as the patriots, the defenders of the fatherland and the inhabitants of the fatherland, much like the children of Israel. And, and so the patriots, the New England patriots and the children of Israel have a lot in common, not just their name. You know, the New England patriots have one Several Super Bowls, four under Tom Brady. And this could be the fifth. Now, we got a lot of praying to do, ladies and gentlemen. He would make history, and then we'd never be able to live with ourselves. If he won five Super Bowls, and they have another Super Bowl that they won in the 1980s. And and this team, here's the thing. Many people think of them as dominant. Many people think of them as as a team that just simply rolls through, rumbles through the season and rumbles through the playoffs and on to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl. And and they just, everybody fears the New England Patriots. One, you don't know if they're going to cheat or not. (laughs) That's one fact of the matter you just always know could be in the equation. But... In truth, the Patriots are usually at a disadvantage. Tom Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL by anyone's standards. And do you know that he was not thought to be a great quarterback coming in? He he nearly didn't make it into the NFL. He watched round after round after round of pick after pick after pick goal and him not being drafted until very late in the NFL draft and came in and sat on the bench and watched the other quarterback play through the season and the Patriots did well and the Patriots went to the playoffs and then when the quarterback got injured, it was Tom Brady's turn. Tom Brady was now going to come up off the bench. He was going to step into the pocket. And he was going to get destroyed by everybody's standard of measurement. No way that a team can survive a quarterback, a first-string quarterback, getting injured late into the year and then having some shot at winning the whole thing. And that's exactly what happened. Tom Brady was put on the map Because the first-string quarterback was injured, and he stepped into the pocket, rose to the occasion, won the Super Bowl, and became one of the enshrined quarterbacks in NFL fame. And it just kept happening like that. I don't even know, to be honest with you, who Tom Brady's been throwing to all these years. The only really good receiver he had was Randy Moss. And they went undefeated in the season but lost the Super Bowl. Rarely do they have good receivers. Rarely do they have a good running back. This year being an exception, like Garrett Blunt has played an excellent season. But rarely do they have. I don't even know that I can name some of their quarterbacks through the years. Because they have a committee of people who run the football and and so here Tom Brady is, nearly undrafted, and, and barely makes it into the league. Then by some, some uh, what some consider to be kind of a fluke, ends up throwing the football in the, in the stead of the first-string quarterback in the playoffs. Wins the Super Bowl, and then he wins another Super Bowl, and then he remains a contender through the years. And, and there's not really strong running backs behind him, and there's not really great receivers out on the field. And, and, and everybody counts them off. In fact, one year, Tom Brady was injured the whole season. The Patriots still did well. He spent the first four games of this season suspended. This wasn't supposed to be the Patriots' year. They were supposed to be long gone. They were supposed to be 0-4. And, and then Brady couldn't bring them back from that abyss. And yet, here they are against all odds. Without tremendous star power, the Patriots are back in the Super Bowl, and I'm not so happy about it. But they're there. It's like somebody said to me the other day, they said they're the only team I know that can lose all their stars and win a Super Bowl. Team, we don't know what it is. We don't know if it's coaching. We don't know if it's management. We don't know if it's philosophy. We don't know if it's strategy. We don't know if, what, if it's pride. We don't know what it is. All we know is that when they get knocked down, they bounce back. Now that reminds me of the children of Israel. That reminds me of these patriots in the word of God. Because these patriots in the word of God... The children of you got to understand, these children of Israel have nothing going for them but God. There's no star power, there's no, there's no heroes to speak of. In fact, in fact, when you just look at them in the Bible, you can look at them as being somewhat of a, of a conundrum because there really is. Nothing going for them. In fact, they were routinely underestimated by their adversaries. And it isn't just in the word of God, but it's happening even today. There's this little span of time in Israel's history called the Six-Day War. In truth, the Six-Day War was over in about six hours. It was named the Six-Day War... By Yitzhak Rabin, he had the privilege of naming the war. It was a war against Israel. And the only reason he named it the six-day war is in reference to the six days of creation. He said, we'll call it the six-day war because God created the earth in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. And we are entering into rest from our enemies. That's what he said. And that's his motive For naming it the six day war. But in fact it was over in about six hours. You got to understand. Israel had been a nation for 19 years. They were celebrating. Their independence as a nation for 19 years. And while they were celebrating. The Arab nations around them. Formulated a plan. Egypt announced that they were getting ready to launch war against Israel. So did Jordan. So did Syria. So did Iraq. So did Lebanon. And they surrounded Israel. The Egyptian army moved into the Sinai Peninsula, which was a demilitarized zone, controlled by the United Nations. Egypt moved in and told the United Nations, get lost. The United Nations went scrambling, Egypt moved into the Sinai Peninsula. Then they moved their warships into the Straits of Tehran. And it blocked off Israel's waterway passage out of the nation. Syria surrounded at the north. Jordan moved in. Iraq moved in. Lebanon moved in. And Israel was completely surrounded. There were military forces that were Overshadowing them. They were completely outnumbered. The size of the military force of the Arab nations absolutely was far superior to the military force of Israel. Israel and their air force only had planes that were outdated, given to them by France. When they realized that they were completely surrounded, they panicked. And they went into emergency mode. The first thing they did was call on Western powers and Western friends and said, We need you to come help us drive back our Arab neighbors because they are getting ready to launch war on Israel. And the Western friends responded by saying, Sorry, you're on your own. They're 0 4. Brady's on the bench. There's no way out. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna bet on Israel coming out of this thing alive. Israel is history. It was fun while it lasted. Many of them began to call it the second holocaust because it was obvious what was getting ready to go down. They began to create up graves throughout the nation. They began to literally dedicate parks to graves. They began to... To, to, to prepare the ground to serve as mass graves so that they could quickly bury their dead and keep on fighting. They knew it was going to be a horrendous, horrendous battle. But on June 5th, which is my birthday, 12 years before I was born, oh, hallelujah, 12 years before I was born, on June 5th, 7.15 a.m., the Israel Air Force went into action. They decided that if they were to wait for an attack that they would be overwhelmed and they would, it would be their sudden and certain death. So they went into action. But it was risky. They had these outdated French planes that weren't going to be of any help to them. And they launched the Israeli Air Force and left all but 12 jets back in Israel. And when they launched this airstrike against Egypt, they knew they could be in trouble because the Egyptian Air Force was far superior to them. They were outnumbered. Dramatically by the Egyptians alone. That's not to count the Jordanians and the Iraqis and the Lebanese and the Syrians. They were outnumbered. And it was, it was the absolute stated quest of these Arab nations to annihilate and completely destroy Israel once and for all. But see, there's something about these children of Israel that you have to understand. God made a promise to their father Abraham and he said I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curse you blessing will I bless you multiplying will I multiply you and he said I will go before you and I will be a shield and buckler and I will fight for you and the children of Israel launched their air attack. Now, they were, they were literally flying. It was a risky, risky deal. They were flying not even 20 meters above the ground. And there, was, it was, there were so many things that happened in the next few moments that were, couldn't be anything but God. For one, the surveillance planes that usually monitored the border of, of the Arab nations, those planes had been inexplicably grounded. For that one hour. And the Egyptian planes that were that were, uh, that were getting ready to launch an attack were ordered to stand down for just a moment as Israel moved in under everybody's radar without anybody noticing. Remember when God blinded the men of Sodom? Remember when God would go before Israel and... Many times he would confuse the enemy. This happened, as a matter of fact, when the children of Israel were fighting this battle in 1967. They were on the, on the border of Israel fighting for their nation. And while they were fighting, there were, there were explosions taking place on the border of Egypt and Jordan. And they didn't know what it was at first because they knew they weren't doing it. And when they looked around and realized that the actual Egyptians and Jordanians were blowing up their own devices... Their own arsenals and weapons. And and they they were confused and chaotic and they they were making mistakes and things were blowing up all around them as Israel moved in. When they launched their air assault, they were able to destroy 300 Egyptian jets. Decimated the Egyptian air force and gained superiority in the air and from the air immediately. Because they were in attack mode, when the other nations launched their attack, air attack, the children of Israel were already in a position because they were already in the air to mount a counterattack to the Jordanians and to the Syrians and to the Iraqis and to the Lebanese. And they decimated their air assault. And when it was all said and done, Israel had won the air battle in a matter of five to six hours. A couple of days later, they were at the Golan Heights. The only area now of vulnerability was at the Golan Heights where the Syrians were making advances and they were beginning to, to cause quite a bit of trauma and, and they, were, they were gaining casualties, the Israelites were. And while they were there in the Golden Heights, the Golden Heights, you got to understand, when you're at the Golden Heights, you're looking down on Syria or looking down on Israel, whichever direction you're going. Whoever gets the Golden Heights has the advantage, and Israel knew that. And So Israel made an attempt to gain access to the Golden Heights, and Syria was making an attempt to gain access to the Golden Heights. Once you get the Golden Heights, you're looking down on everybody around you, and you have the upper hand. But God, but God, do you know there were 75,000 Syrian soldiers that were making an advance on the Golan Heights and the Israeli army was so decimated in that area and and so concentrated on other parts of the nation, they had 25 soldiers? And those 25 soldiers looked out over those 75,000 soldiers and said, I think we can take And those 25 soldiers went up to the Golden Heights. And here was the plan of the Syrians. The Syrians didn't know how many soldiers there were. They didn't realize there was such a small number. They just knew it was was smaller than them. And they said, we're going to wait for them to attack. And when they attack, then we're going to counterattack. We don't want to fall into some kind of a trap or some kind of a snare. But they didn't realize they were already in a snare. Because when you fight who God has anointed and who God has blessed, you're already in the snare of the enemy. Little did they know it, but while they were waiting for the attack to be launched, Israel was already among them waging war and they didn't know it. Those 25 soldiers were already in the enemy's camp waging war under their noses. And by the time they realized that they were in such disarray and such chaos that they had to retreat and the war was finished. The war was completed. That's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with the children of Israel. That's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with the people who have been given the Father's land. That's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with people who say we don't need anything but God. We don't need our quarterback. We need God. We don't need the world's best running back. We need God. We don't need the the, the name brand wide receiver. We need God. We don't need the best kicker. We need God. Our special teams might be a little shaky, but if we've got God, let me remind somebody today, if God be for you, who can be against you? I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know if you feel like you're at a disadvantage. You might feel like you got nobody in the backfield and you've got nobody downfield. But if you've got God on your side, then you've got enough. I don't know what kind of doctor's report you've received. I don't know what kind of chaos is breaking out in your family. I don't know what kind of financial crisis you're in. But I came to lift somebody's faith to let you know that if you're the son of God, if you're a child of God, everything is going to be all right. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not to your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. It's over and over and over and over throughout the word of God. Do you know God actually deliberately chooses not to bless those who think they've got it all together? You know, if you're one that just, you got it all together, and you know it, And there's nobody that can tell you otherwise and nobody can tell you different and you're better than the person next to you you better watch out because you might be walking in your blessing but you're not walking in the blessing of God You need to understand God resists the proud. God becomes an adversary to the proud. God becomes an enemy to the proud. But he giveth grace to the humble, those who know I can't do it without God. Without God, I can do nothing. I need God, and I'm not ashamed to tell you, I need God. I need the blood of Jesus. I need the power of the Holy Ghost. I need the Word. I need the Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So God finds these children of Israel. Abraham, he speaks to Abram and says, Abraham, leave thy father's house. Leave your father's kindred. Go looking for a city that hath foundations, whose builder and whose maker is God. And I will go before you and I will give you the land under your feet and I will make your seed like the stars in the heavens multiplied without number and I'll give your, make your seed like the sands of the seashore multiplied without number. And when Abraham heard God he obeyed God and the blessing of God was on him and on everybody that descended from him. Oh hallelujah. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Abraham knew God is with me. It looked like he wasn't going to have a baby because Sarah was not able to conceive and bring forth a child. But Abraham knew if God is with me, his promises will come to pass and then he had Isaac and then it looked like Isaac wasn't going to be able to have a baby this is the promises of God that they're going to be like the sand of the sea stars in the sky there's going to be multiplication, multiplication and here's Abraham's wife can't have a child Isaac's wife Rebekah can't have a child but Abraham knew And if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I will not fear what the enemy can do to me. I will not fear what the enemy says to me. I will not cower down in the face of the lies of the enemy. I know my God is able. I know my God is true. I don't care what ESPN says. I don't care what Fox Sports says. I don't care what CBS Sports says. They counted us out at the beginning of the season. But you watch when this thing is over. You'll see who's standing on the last day. Hallelujah. Now, Now, here's what the devil will do to you. The devil will try to bring up your past. He'll say, you remember that time? You were on the sidelines, cheating. The New York Jets had their playbook open. See, my grandfather, he had this man who gave him so much trouble, so much trouble as a pastor. And and this man in the church, just, just one thing after another, one thing after another. And my grandfather, it bothered him so bad, he thought one day... I'm going to let loose on him. And he made a list of every offense the man had perpetrated against him. He said, yep, one, two, three, four, yep, yep. Mm -hmm." He got it all written down. And one day in prayer, the Lord spoke to him and said, you know that list you have? Throw it away. My grandfather said, I'm going to need that list one day, Lord. You sure I got to throw it away because... I'm going to need that when the day comes that he he gets under my skin so bad and I'm going to pull that list out. And I got him. I got him. And the Lord said, throw the list away. And my grandfather said, why do I have to throw the list away? And God said, because I threw away the list that I had on you. I don't care what the devil has on the list against you, you can overcome it in the name of Jesus. He can point to stuff you did and things you said and places you went and stuff you knew you shouldn't have done but did it anyway and can try to hold it over your head. Remember that time? Remember that time? You deflated the football. Remember? You might have forgotten, but the devil didn't forget. And there are people around you that didn't forget. And there are commentators that didn't forget. And there are pundits that didn't forget. And there are fans of other teams that didn't forget. And there are Falcons fans that didn't forget. And there's kids from Indiana who like the Colts that didn't forget. But God said, I will remove your transgressions as far as the
1: East is from the West. know what the devil has on you but i know that the blood of jesus can wash away your
0: sin and god will still fight for you even when you don't feel like you're worth fighting for Pastor, you don't know what all I've done. You don't know where all I've been. Maybe if you knew everything, you wouldn't apply that to me. I don't have to know what you've done. I only know what Jesus did. And Hallelujah Oshanda, what he did has the power to wash your sins away. Yeah, but my dad, my dad didn't serve God and he really, he really made it tough on me. I don't know who you got in the backfield, but you're a patriot. You don't even need a backfield. Yeah, but you don't understand. I'm looking downfield. I don't see any positive progress being made. Don't you know you're a patriot? Patriots don't need name brand wide receivers. Patriots win. They just win. Yeah, but I'm not throwing like I used to and I don't feel the energy that I used to and people aren't saying the positive things about me that they used to. I've been suspended for four games,
1: Pastor.
0: Hallelujah. I'm talking about a super God. I'm talking about super mercy, I'm talking about super power, forget the Super Bowl, I'm talking about a super God, I'm talking about a super power, hallelujah, hallelujah. You might not have the best pedigree, you might not have the best background, you might not have made all the best choices, you might have some pretty big mistakes in your past, but keep on playing, keep on fighting, keep on training, keep on running, keep on worshiping, keep on fasting, because when it's all said and done, I don't care what the critics said, you're gonna stand, you're gonna stand, you're gonna stand on the latter day. And when you've done all to stand, stand having your loins girt about with truth. Having on the football helmet of salvation. Yes, yes, Shoulder pads of righteousness. Yes, Lord. Woo.
1: Hallelujah. Run through a troop, leap over a wall. You got to know who I am. I'm a patriot. God gave me this land.
0: Every Israelite, every Israelite, every Jew wanted to go home. They said when the crusades came, Every Jew in the world would get up the next day being driven out of of Jerusalem. Muslim conquest, driven out of Jerusalem. Holocaust, driven out of Jerusalem. Murdered, slain, killed. Promised to be annihilated. But every practicing Jew in the world would rise up out of those circumstances. Put on their prayer shawl. Face Jerusalem and say, take us home, God. Bring us home, God. Bring us home. I don't know what you're up against, but you need to shake it off, dust yourself off, get back in the prayer closet, face the new Jerusalem, and say, I'm coming home, God. I'm coming home, God. Hallelujah. I don't care who did what, who tried to stop me, who tried to wound me, who tried to... A thousand times no I'm coming home God I'm not giving up I'm not giving up this is the way it worked all through the Bible This way it worked all through the Bible it was all it, they were always at a disadvantage Goliath comes stomping out of the locker room and Israel's like running around That's their defensive line. And Goliath is out there just pounding his feet, sending me a champion. And they all look over at Saul Belichick. And they're like, you got to come out here and do something. And Bill Belichick said, I'm on the sidelines. I don't know what you want me to do about that. You have to find yourself another champion. And they said, all right. And round after round after round after round, and pick after pick after pick after pick. And nobody could find a champion. Nobody could find somebody to stand up until little old David. Everybody underestimated David. But David walks out there and said, what's going on? And they said, we're all about to be destroyed. He said, why? Because Goliath is here. He said, who's Goliath? They said, that big, big giant who's vowing to destroy all of Israel.
1: David said, who dares to defy the armies of Israel? Let me tell you about a God.
0: who, When the Detroit lions broke into the shepherd's field, I took a down. Let me tell you about a God that when the Chicago Bears came into the shepherd's field, I took them down. And the same God who gave me the Detroit Lions and the same God who gave me the Chicago Bears is the same God that will give me these New York Giants. Oh, hallelujah. He walks out onto that battlefield and Goliath says to him, he said... You, am I a dog that you would send out this kid to play against me? He said, you got to understand where I went to college. You got to understand what the scouts are saying about me. You got to understand who you're dealing with. I got I, You got to understand my scouting report, the glowing things people have said about me. But David said, you can come against me with whatever you got there's nothing in your arsenal as powerful as what I've got you come against me with a sword with a spear but I come against you ha, Tasha. in the name of the Lord of the hosts of Israel I need to remind some patriots this morning, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I know you've been laying awake at night. I know you've been crying yourself
1: to sleep, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Well,
0: hallelujah. Hallelujah. God said, Gideon, you're going to take down the Midianites, that massive, massive war machine. Gideon said, okay, I'm scared because I, I mean, I don't know much about war. and uh, I'm the least of my father's house, and my father's house is the least in Israel. And he says, are you sure you got the right Gideon? And God said, yeah, Gideon, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to overcome the enemy through you. Gideon said, all right, let's do this thing. And he went and gathered 32,000 soldiers and said, all right, God, we can do it now. And God said, oh, you got too many. Too many. I thought I needed more than this. God said, oh, no, no, we got too many. He said, well, how we want to maybe take out maybe 20, 30, 40? God said, I got a better idea. Just go tell them. Anybody wants to go home, can go home. <laughs> Gideon was like, that's a terrible plan. Because <laughs> I had to like bribe most of them to get out here. <laughs> he walks out and says, all right, if you want to go home, you can go home. He closed his eyes. He was afraid a thousand would raise their hand. 22,000 raise their hand. <laughs> Said, we're out of here. So he's got 10,000 that he brings into training camp with him. When they get into training camp, He's like, God, I don't know that I can do this with 10,000. And God says, you know, you're right. You are absolutely right. Gideon's like, man, thank you. Thank you. And God said, yeah, I tell you what, we've got way too many. Take them on down to the water and let them drink from the water. And based on how they drink from the water, I'm going I'm to go ahead and take out the ones that
1: don't drink right.
0: He was like, oh, that sounds like an even worse idea than the first one. <laughs> and he takes him on down to the water, and he's like, all right, everybody got to drink the right way. Please don't drink the wrong way. And he closes his eyes. He's afraid half of them are going to drink the wrong way. 9,700 of them drank the wrong way. He's left with 300 soldiers. And God said, that's perfect. That's perfect. I needed to get to a point where when it said done you know your strategy didn't do it and you know your might didn't do it and you know your power
1: didn't do it but my spirit saith the Lord but my spirit saith the Lord
0: Oh, hallelujah. And I don't know how to explain it. They got out onto that battlefield, and all they had was a, a pitcher with fire in it and a sword in one hand. And they got out on the mountaintop, and when they busted that pitcher, the flames lit up on the mountainside, and they shouted, The sword of the Lord! And the sword of Gideon and the Midianites ran for their lives. Thousands ran, tens of thousands ran for their lives. Oh, Hallelujah because that's how it works for the patriots that's how it works for the inhabitants of the father's land you don't have to have it all going in your direction you don't have to have everybody praising you and in your corner you don't have to have the scouts report to verify that you are exactly what you need to be i tell you whose opinion matters God's opinion matters because what God thinks of you isn't opinion at all it's the truth hallelujah. Bow down and worship this image. We're not going to bow down and worship this image. Then I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. Throw us into the fiery furnace. Our God can deliver us, and if he doesn't, so be it. We're still not going to bow. Throw him into the fiery furnace, all three of them. When they get into the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Nebuchadnezzar looked down, down into the furnace and said, Didn't we throw three? Why then do I see four? And why does the fourth look like the Son of God? Moses gets to the Red Sea and everybody's looking at him saying, what's the game plan, coach? We need to know what you were thinking when you brought us to this Red Sea. Moses said, I'll tell you what the game plan is. The game plan is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord because we have promises of God to hang our hats on, to place our foot upon. Oh, Hallelujah. It's over and over and over. All right, Joshua, we got to bring down this wall. How are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? We're going to walk around it and yell really loud when we're all done. <laughs> that sounds like a horrible game plan. But when you're a patriot, you don't have to have the world's best game plan. When you're a child of God, you don't have to have all the strategy in place. You don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. You don't have to be. You hear what I'm preaching to you? You don't have to have it all. you You're waiting. To get it all together. To let God bless you and use you. You're never going to get it all together. Until you let God put his hand on you. Hallelujah. Glory. You know what? We got to get serious. About doing this for God. You know I'm... You young people, listen to me. I want you to know that God has a purpose for your life. You're not just here just because your parents made you come. You're here because the Lord has got you here. Hallelujah. God's got a blessing on your life. You know, I'm not always going to be able to preach this gospel. I don't know when the Lord's going to call me home. And you guys are my backfield. I'm going to hand this off. I need somebody to help me right now. Come on, you, you guys right here in the, the first, first, there you go, Brother Kedrick. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. I need some offensive line here. Guys, come on. I just need about three or four of you just to line up here. There you go. Come on, that's it, Brother John. That's it. I tell you what, I tell you what, Brother John, why don't you come back here and stand behind me? Kedrick, Gage? could y'all just stand right up there in front of me? All right? We got a, we got a defensive line coming against us here. <laughs> now, listen, I want to explain something to you, Brother John. I'm going to hand this off to you. This is the football. And I'm gonna hand it off to you. That's what I'm doing here this morning. It's not enough that I know it. You gotta know it. It's not enough that I can say he's a healer. I gotta hand it off to you. Now, we're gonna do everything we can to help you. You got some good blockers here. We got prayer meeting, we got Bible quizzing, we got Pulse Youth Group, we got Sunday school class. We got a lot of blockers up here, and I'm going to hand this off to you, and I need you to run it all the way back to Brother Justin Barnhart. <laughs> now, here's the thing. It's going to be a little easier up here because you've got Bible study, Bible quizzing, you've got prayer meetings, you've got Pulse youth group, you've got Sunday school class, you've got Sunday morning worship, but you're going to break through the defensive line, and the defensive line is going to come at you. Lust of the flesh is over here. Lust of the eyes is over here pride of life you hear what i'm telling you these guys want to take you down but you hold on to this thing they're going to try to knock it out of your hand but don't fumble
1: you hear what i'm telling you young people you hold on to this thing and take it to the goal line take it to the goal line
0: Be not weary. Run this race. Run this race. Lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset you, and run with patience the race that is set before us. You got to be careful because these are skilled tacklers, and they will come at you from every which direction. They have been training. They watch video about you. They know which way you move. They know where you put your feet. They know all your spins. They know everything about you. But you hear what I'm telling you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. All right, you ready? Here we go. Omaha. Omaha. Here we go. Oh my hallelujah. Oh my goodness, no, he didn't. Alright, now we gonna call some real plays. Acts 2, 38,
1: John 3, 5, Isaiah 40 and 8, Proverbs 18, he's a game player. You know the game because you've been in training. When I hand this off, I want you to run through a troop, leap over a wall. Are you ready? Are you ready? Psalm 150, Psalm 100, Psalm 23 said, Hunt, go, go, run through a troop, leap over a wall. Come on, somebody, get your running shoes on. Get your running shoes on.
0: come on let's stand to our feet right now give him praise let's give him praise let's give him praise let's give him praise somebody who's gone downfield and the blockers aren't there to protect you anymore. You're not, you're not part of the youth group maybe. Maybe you're beyond Sunday school class. Maybe you're past the days of your youth. Maybe you've got some deflate gates in your past. Maybe you've got some stuff you hope nobody ever knows about. Go on down the field. I'm not going to throw it to you, but, but I want to put it in your heart. Come on, somebody lift your hands and catch it. Let it hit you between the numbers. Come on, don't fumble it. Don't miss it. Come on, young people, get a hold of it. Come on, reach out your hands and say, it's for me. It's for me. God wants to anoint me. God wants to help me. God wants to strengthen me. Now, we've had fun this morning, but I want you to hear what I'm telling you. If you'll put your trust in God, there is nothing that can take you down. I don't care what is stacked against you, nothing can take you down. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made in life, nothing can take you down when you put your faith in God. I'm not, listen, if it weren't true, I wouldn't be up here doing this. If this gospel didn't work, I would find something else to do with my life. I only preach this gospel because it is the truth. God didn't call me to preach a lie. God called me to preach the truth. And I'm telling you, I don't know what you've done or where you've been, but today... You can put your faith in God and say, God, I need you, I need you, I need you. And it doesn't matter how many enemies are surrounding your border. God will make a way of escape. He will do the miraculous. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Young people, thank you for your help. I wonder if you could come and lead the way. Just come on up here. I want some young people to come on up here. Come on, that's it. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, somebody else, come up here. Come on, somebody else, come on up here. Say, God, I need you. God, I need you. I'm down field a ways now. I've made some mistakes in my life. Come on, is there somebody not ashamed to say, i made some mistakes and I need the Lord. i made some bad decisions and I need the Lord. I know you've got a lot of forces in your life betting against you, working against you, but God is in control when you put your faith in him. Come on, the singers are going to sing. Hands, go, go ahead and lift your hands all across this building. If you want to come and pray, I invite you to come and pray. Come on, in the name of Jesus, let the Spirit of the Lord do His work right now. Let the Spirit of the Lord do His work right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. I want some folks that have some things coming against them right now. Come on, you didn't just come to church to find something to do on Sunday morning. You came to receive something from God. Come on, that's it. That's it, God bless you. Come on, if you've got some things against you, right now they're stacked against you. Right now they're lined up against you. Right now they're covering your borders. Right now they're threatening your very existence. They're threatening your family. They're threatening your sanity. It's time to put your faith in God. It's time to put your
1: faith in God. It's time to put your faith in God. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger.